Thank you, Father. Thank you, Mother. Thank you, Lady Wisdom. Thank you, Bride of Christ, for travailing. Song of Songs 3-1. Night after night I'm tossing and turning on my bed of travail. Why did I let him go from me? How my heart now aches for him, but he is nowhere to be found. Song of Songs 5-8. Nevertheless, make me this promise, you brides-to-be. If you find my beloved one, please, please tell him I endured all travails for him. I endured all travails for him. I've been pier pierced through by love, and I will not be turned aside. And the third and last time in your journey of your marriage covenant with Jesus Christ, Song of Songs 8-5. Who is this one? Look at her now. She arises out of her desert, clinging to her beloved. When I awakened you under the apple tree, as you were feasting upon me, I awakened your innermost being with the travail of birth, as you longed for more of me. It's a well-known fact amongst prophets that you'll never have a revival without travail. But it's actually the birthing of who you really are from your bellies. This is not who you are in your brains. That's who Satan wants you to think you are. That's the ego. That's everything that's the counterfeit of the seven principalities. That's the seven-headed beast. It's called the seven headed beast. Your brain, my brain, is the seven-headed beast. That's why I, I don't live out of my brain. No one spiritual can live out of their brain. They can only live out of their spirit. And your spirit, your innermost being, is John 7:38. out of your belly flows the rivers, or in the Amplified Classic, out of your innermost being. So you, you go from your consciousness being in the seven-headed beast, controlled by Satan's seven principalities, chiefly Jezebel, to humbling yourself and being controlled by the river of God and the Lamb. That's why you're a new creature altogether in Christ. Your intelligence is no longer based on the brain and the seven-headed beast. That's what it means to be a Satanist and a warlock and a witch in Babylon that your intelligence is based out of the flesh of your brain matter and the stars that fell from heaven, that's what makes you witches and warlocks. That's what makes you perverted and self-righteous. That's what makes you wicked. That's what wickedness is. Wickedness is practicing the seven-headed beast of the carnal mind, which is the seat of Satan and the Antichrist in the whole world. doesn't matter how Christian you think you are here. If you live out of here, you're a devil. A devil all the time. What makes you a saint is that you've been crucified with Christ at the place of your own skull and that now his fire burns in your heart. Did our hearts not burn within us as we walked with him along the way as he illuminated the scriptures, he revelated the scriptures, as he turned the logos into wine, the water into wine? That's the most important thing is that you put the word in your spirit in the word of the prophet in the word of the apostle, the living word, the living epistles. 
You should be able to eat each other's flesh and drink each other's blood. Jesus Christ, firstborn amongst many, said, Eat my flesh, drink my blood. John chapter 6. If you're not eating each other's flesh and blood prophetically of the word made flesh as living epistles, then you're not practicing real Christianity. It's Phariseeism. It's actually anti-Christ Jezebelic activity in the brain. And then when the real deal comes around, you'll murder the prophets. You'll murder Christ. You'll murder the Father. You'll hate the Father. you reject the Father. And that's why so many people blaspheme continuously is because they're trained in the brain and not trained in the spirit. That's the world system you're coming out of. Babylon the Great. Potent sorcery, which means potent religiosity of self-righteousness and pride in the flesh of the brain, where people are Christians in their brain and not their spirit. I mean, find me a Christian that has no mixture, that lives as a spirit and not a brain. I mean, I've probably found 20 on planet Earth in 13 years of ministry. It's a non-existent thing. That's how severe the witchcraft and the sorcery that you're coming out of actually is. There's like no purity here. <laughs> Even amongst prophets and apostles, if you get into the freedom of Song of Songs, they will manifest on you and murder you. They, they, everyone has a cat before they manifest their box. People are like, oh, I don't have a box. I love signs and wonders. We get drunk. I'm in the joy glory. Oh, yeah? Holy Ghost, we'll test you. We'll see if that's actually true. If your wineskin is bottomless, if you actually live in Eden in the hundredfold love realm like you say you do, you're going to be tested continuously, and everyone fails their test thousands of times because there's no one pure except the Father in us. And until you know the Father face to face inside your bodies, the false father, Satan, is in you. Okay, Jesus Christ said in the Garden of Gethsemane, Satan's coming, but he has nothing in me. What? But he had something in his disciples. They were scattered. And they're hanging out with God, but yet Satan could still scatter them. And Jesus, sweating blood, said, Satan's coming, but he has nothing in me. I mean, if, if God himself, the Messiah, the Son of God, wrestled against sin and Satan at that level to the point of sweating blood and still resisted Satan, do you think you're not going to deal with Satan in you continuously? Hello? Humble yourself. Everyone deals with it constantly because you're in this world. You're born into a fallen world, and the truth is every single one of us is having the seven demons of Mary Magdalene driven out of our hearts by the morning star rising in our heart. Not a single one of us is better than the prostitute Mary Magdalene. Anyone that says otherwise is a self-righteous murderer like Cain. The truth is, every single one of us is not just having the seven demons of Mary Magdalene driven out, which represents the seven principalities of this world. We're having the seven mountains, everything that's in the world, removed out of us as Zion rises in our hearts. The city of God rises within us. The throne of God and the Lamb rises within us. The morning star rises in our hearts and our day dawns as the seven mountains of Babylon the Great are removed from our bellies upward through our brains. And most people are so carnally minded, they haven't even begun 
the process of true sanctification, of being purified from the inside out. They're outside-in Christians, which means they're completely anti-Christ. They haven't even begun in the knowledge of the glory. So everything they think they know will have to burn. Because it's wrong. It's Jezebelic Christianity. It's outside-in Old Covenant witchcraft. You have to come into inside-out New Covenant realities. The river flows from the temple, Ezekiel 47, and 1 Corinthians 6.19, you are now in the New Covenant, the temples of the Holy Spirit. And if you don't know the Holy of Holies in your belly, rising in your heart, the very throne of God, and the Father rising in your heart, there's nothing New Covenant about you. And I say that to myself. There's not one thing I say at Joel's Bar that I don't want to also cut me, because it's the truth. And I need to grow in the truth too. It's all the scriptures, and it's all the spirit of prophecy. It's, it's not about being better or competing with one another. It's about being built up in revelations. Revelations of heaven. Revelations of the Father. Revelations of the new covenant. So that we can have victory over the world. The only way you have victory is by constantly feasting on divine revelations directly from Christ in you. And I only speak what my Father is speaking from Christ in me. It's spiritual. It's not from the brain. It's not from the flesh. It's not from the stars that fell from heaven. We won't demonize people by speaking out of the soulish realm of self-righteousness. I'm not a minister of Cain. We'll minister right out of Christ's throne from the, at the right hand of God where we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And it will come out in childlike purity and innocence. You have to minister the virgin purity and innocence of the child of God, the holy child Jesus. That's what the apostles called him in the book of Acts. The holy, because they're like, you know, 40s and 50s and stuff, and by then Jesus is only 33. He's like a little kid to them. God is like a little child. You know the verse? Isaiah 11, and a little boy will lead them. <laughs> How religious are we? An innocent boy is our God and King forever. He's a boy. I mean, and I know he has a lion nature, but you'd be surprised how boyish he is. I mean, he's a lot, a lot more like Justin Bieber than you think, than like Rob Zombie. Amen? <laughs> and I know that hurts my pride, because I wish he was more like Rob Zombie. But the father is actually more like Justin Bieber in reality, than Rob Zombie. Hallelujah. He's not a serial killer, mean, nasty, hell's angel biker. He's like a perfect child. He's like a perfect 18-year-old looking boyish man. It's true because he's the ageless one. He's the eternal one. And you can say, well, no one can see the Father. That's a lie. I see the Father every day. I see the Father in me doing the works. If you don't see the Father in you, it's because Christ is not fully formed in you yet. Amen? The Apostle Paul says, I labor amongst you tirelessly until Christ be fully formed in you. Why does Christ, the Anointed One and His anointing, need to be formed on your inner man? So that you can know the Father face to face. Through Christ we know the Father. This is a perfect covenant. This is not a, an old covenant where you just try to be good and then when you die you can go to heaven then you'll figure out the rest of the Bible. 
No, that's Satan. That's Jezebel's plan for your life. That's Satan's plan for your life to not mature in who you are as a spirit being in your eternal destiny. You have to wake up to knowing Christ in you and through Christ in you, then knowing the Father. You'll never see the Father until Christ be fully formed in you. And through the window of the Father, you can see glimpses into the Father's glory, glimpses into eternity, glimpses into Eden and the mountains where our Father walks. And you can walk with Him in that realm to the measure that Christ has sanctified you internally in your heart. Your heart has to be crystal clear. Matthew 5, 8, the pure in heart see God. They see the Father. Jesus said, if you're pure in heart, you'll always see the Father. The issue is, is that we're only pure externally, most of us, and we're not actually pure in our spirit, in our innermost being, in our heart. And we're self-righteous and we're prideful and we're very religious, which means we're very, very satanic. You don't understand. That's as evil as it gets, as having begun in grace, try to finish in the law. Now I'm good by works. Don't you realize that's what Paul deals with in every single one of his churches? The self-righteousness of Satan polluted every one of their souls, having begun in the spirit, trying to finish in the brain, trying to finish in the flesh by being a good brain. What they're trying to be is a good fallen angel named Lucifer. It's true. That's what you're dealing with. The self-righteousness and pride of Satan and his angels is the only thing you really deal with because when you deal with the crucifixion of the carnal mind and all of your sanctification is by the river of grace flowing from his throne, it's called the spirit of grace and the throne of grace, and if that's your reality, then Satan has nothing in you because your entire existence is based on the divine, unearned, undeserved favor of God the Father. And the Father's Word has been given to you as a gift. You didn't deserve to hear the Word of God. You didn't deserve to have the Spirit of God mixed with the Word of God. None of it's earned. It's all because God loves you. That's what humbles you. That's that Moses 1,500-year-old special reserve humility shot that you need to be drinking. Where you become crystal clear simply because God loves you, and He likes you, and He created you, and He knows what... He created you to be, and it's not going to come into fruition by anything in your ability. Nothing you can do in your soul can manifest your destiny. It's true. Only receiving love and growing in grace and love and receiving the Word and growing in the Word of His grace and love can manifest your spirit destiny so that your spirit comes out of the cave of your flesh in the restoration of all things. Amen. People that try to do this in their soul are the most nasty, hideous murderers on planet Earth. They're called religious people, religious Christians, and there's other religions too that are nasty too. It's just, I'm dealing with the people that God's given me as a shepherd, and we deal with this every day by the hundreds, and everyone deals with all kinds of stuff and different junk, and the answer to it all is revelation of the Father's love. It's true. If you have revelation of the Father's love, then no sin can cling to you. Because every desire in your heart for pleasure, for fun, for freedom, for abundant life, for prosperity, for healing, for everything that's good and desirable and heavenly is in the realm of His love. 
So if you go after revelations of divine love, if you focus on how much He loves you and, and learning how much He loves you and coming into the experience of that spiritual love, you'll easily and quickly overcome the world. It's not hard. We make it hard because we don't know how much He loves us. And you have to become a conduit, a river channel, a, a golden path, a golden road, and a river of His love for others to come into the experience of that divine love. It goes right through their bellies. goes right through their holy place. goes right through their bodies because everyone's body is a temple. So what are they a temple of? If it's anything except the Father's love, it's going to be snakes, demons, hurt, pain, wounds, memories. I mean, all of it. And people will pour out every pain, every wound, every insecurity, every bit of jealousy, every bit of strife and pride. And so, I mean, and, and it's there, and it's real. And there's 200 million different demons that could be enforcing that sin and darkness and devilry inside your hearts. And that's a very real place. It's called darkness. And it's the places in our hearts where we hide, where we still have wounds, the dark places in us. Like it says in Song of Songs, I'm dark but lovely, which means you're worth dying for on the cross. <laughs> even though you're full of sin, Mary Magdalene, I mean, even though you've slept with 400 men, you're still worth dying on the cross for, prostitute. The pro Jesus would have died on the cross if there was only prostitutes on earth and pimps. Only bad, horrible crack dealers. Jesus would have still died on the cross. Because it's not about what you did in darkness. It's about your potential in light. <laughs> and you got to get it. Because the Father sees through the blood. And we can't see when we still have those dark places in our hearts and minds. We're blind. By our own woundedness, by our own deception, by our own pride, and by our own lust, we're blind. Only in the light of the Father's love can we see accurately. There's no accuracy in the prophetic except in divine love. You can have 30% accuracy in prophecy. Why? Because they only love at a 30-fold level of divine love and sacrificial agape love. They've only laid down 30% of their heart to manifest the Father into people's lives. That's why prophets are wrong constantly is because they haven't been perfected in love yet. Oh, the only way you'll find 100% accuracy in the prophetic are those that live in the hundredfold realm called divine love. The hundredfold glory realm is the realm of Eden's love. It is. And it's not about being super mystical with the seraphim and flying above the crown of the Father in eternity and all these dimensions. It's not about sounding fancy or mystical. It's about being completely pickled and possessed with the Father where He is. And I don't even care how bad it sounds. If your speech, if you got a speech impediment and you're slurring and if you're drunk, as long as you can encounter the Father in that realm, that's what needs to come across. We don't need fancy etiquette. We don't need fancy speech. We need encounters with the Father in His love realm. And we need to encounter Him inside our bodies. And we need to know Him face to face with pure hearts. That's all that matters in life. And so... You dedicate your life to purifying yourself from all unrighteousness. 
confessing your sins one to another so that you can be saved, so you can be forgiven. The word forgiven there is saved, meaning if you're harboring sin against someone, that's an area of your life of demonic torture and torment and darkness. And you're not saved in that area of your life. It's not just all or nothing. That's, that's nowhere in the New Testament. There's nowhere in the New Testament that's like all or nothing. It's degrees. It's catch me the foxes. We have a vineyard. Oh, but you have these areas where their foxes live. Dark places. It's not this all or nothing religious demon in your brain. Oh, no, that, that ain't it. It's you got a heart. And it's a big heart. It's the size of the universe. you got a field of your soil. And it's not all the perfect golden wheat of Eden of the Father's Word growing in your heart. you got weeds. you got tares. you got lies. And everyone deals with mixture. And nobody is perfect except the Father. And you come into a place of spiritual understanding where you can love people unconditionally in that revelation knowing that there's going to be tons of weeds, foxes, leopards, lions. No one's going to walk perfect. Everybody's been wounded by demons and human beings possessed by demons and darkness continuously since the day they came into this world. It's called reality, and we're not hiding from those wounds anymore. We're letting the Father's light shine into our hearts and heal them, uproot the weeds. He's a perfect surgeon. His words are laced with frankincense and myrrh and intoxicating sweet wine and honey, meaning he will make you feel good while he does surgery on you. His love is our surgery. There's no acceleration in spiritual growth like the Father's love, but it's the most severe surgery that's ever been done to your hearts and minds in your entire lives. That's why people run away in horror from this realm, because it will change you in a twinkling of an eye and you'll never be the same. You'll start image-bearing the exact likeness of God the Father. You'll be the outraying brilliance of the light being. The Shekinah will pour out of you like rivers. (laughs) People will come around you and just get slain. People will pull over on the side of the road when you're driving, when your heart gets this healed, when you come into the the encounter of what I'm describing to you today. They won't even be able to drive. Every single day for the last five years, people have to pull over the side of the road because of the radius of the waterfall of love that's coming out of me. They can't, their brain gets so shut down that they have to just pull over to the side. There was one time this summer where we were so high in the seraphim realm of love that when we were driving, every single car on the road for 15 minutes started swerving and going off the road. One 100% intoxication rate. It was a taste of things to come. Not a single soul could operate in a radius around us because there was so much of his love and fire coming out of our car. Every, we're talking about like hundreds of cars, hundreds of cars, swerving off the road, going off to the side. I mean, everyone was drunk, sovereignly reigning from heaven. That's what's going to hit America. And nothing can prepare you for this amount of love because everything Satan's done is to try to block you from this love. And the counterfeits, and marijuana, and alcohol, and sexual morality, and perversion, and religion, the worst of them all, self-righteousness and pride of Cain who murders his brother and only brings sacrifice for his soul to feel good by what he did. And there's no actual sacrifice of self for God. It's all about me. I'm, I'm doing this for me to feel good about my own sins, paying penance for me, which is the blasphemy of Cain. 
that you deal with every day in ministry. People trying to be good in their own souls instead of bringing their heads to the altar and burning their souls in the white pure fire of the marriage covenant. The purest fire is now being released of the marriage covenant and it comes out of the marriage carriage. We'll read this real quickly because the marriage carriage party has already begun. Song of Songs 3-7 Look, it is the king's marriage carriage, the love seat surrounded by 60 champions, the mightiest of Israel's host, are like pillars of protection. They are angelic warriors standing ready with swords to defend the king and his fiancée from every terror of the night. It's a place to get sealed in your renewed mind with revelation of divine love so strong that you're only in the marriage carriage of King Jesus constantly. That you don't have a different experience. Now, not everyone wants that, so they'll go back and forth. And the Father's grace allows that. He, the Father is so patient with us, understanding our condition. It's not like, well, I came out of the marriage carriage, now I'm condemned for the rest of my life, and... I'll just work my 8 to 5 and try to be a good person. I blew it. That ain't how it is. You could blow it 7,000 times and get back in. A righteous man falls 7 times. 7 just means infinite. <laughs> doesn't give you a license to sin. It gives you a license to repent and try again. Amen? That's true. <laughs> how many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? 7 times? 7 times 70 a day. 490 times per day. And no one will sin against you 490 times a day. Amen? Meaning, you have to learn to love unconditionally in the Father's nature. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy and love is the Father's kingship nature. There will be no demonstration of the kingship nature of the Father until you show mercy to those who have murdered you, spoken lies about you, and loving your enemies, and loving everyone unconditionally. Having the understanding of the Father of what you're dealing with in their hearts in this world. That like Mary Magdalene, you're driving the seven demons, the seven principalities, out of everyone's heart worldwide. And the only thing that doesn't have the demonic influence in it is the one mountain, Mount Zion, the Father rising in your hearts, and Christ being fully formed in you which is called the dawning of day, where there's no more wickedness in you, no more demonic seed in you. There's no more words of the enemy, no more witchcraft or magic spells of Jenny's and Jambres working in your life. There's no carnality, only the heavenly dimension of glory working in your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength constantly. Matthew chapter 6, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. You do, the, you do that by yielding to the perfection of Christ and His Word in you. And Christ and His Word grows in your heart and transforms your soul. Your, your mind is transfigured by Christ in your belly. You put the Word of God in your belly and it shoots fire up into your brain transfigured by the renewing of your mind by Christ in you, the hope of realizing the glory. Romans 12, 2, Colossians 1, 27, it is written. 
So it's all about the inside-out metamorphosis of casting off the shell of the grave clothes and the seven mountains and all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, for the Father to manifest through your spirit, fully built up in revelations of divine love. Amen. And then you're a manifesting son of God at that point. That's what the manifesting sons of God are. Ones who have completely cast off the seven mountains from the inside out. Do they look human? They have human bodies. Jesus had a human body. At age 33, he said, I'm the exact representation of the invisible God. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That he was the fullness of the Father on earth inside the human body of Jesus of Nazareth. He is the Christ, the Messiah, Jesus. And he's transfigured. He's in the flesh. He's at the right hand of God. And he's watching us right now. And he's participating in this meeting. And he's burning through our hearts. And he's our high priest and apostle of faith. And he's participating with everything in his kingdom continuously by his spirit working through us, transforming us with revelation after revelation. He's lifting us up into the heavenly realm by his spirit. The issue is he can only do it through your spirit built up by believing his words. If you believe his words, you can fly as high as his words fly. But if you don't believe his words, then you're stuck in the dust of the earth with serpents crawling over your heads, dying in the wilderness because of unbelief, it is written. But if you start believing the word and not doubting the word in your heart, then the word has the power to raise you from the realm of the dead, even while in the body, spiritually and morally, into the celestial heavenly glory realm to live in his divine love above the snake line and walk on sapphire pavement. Jesus Christ in Ezekiel chapter 1 is walking on sapphire. I saw a sapphire pavement, it says, Ezekiel chapter 1. This is where Jesus walks. This is where I walk. This is where every overcomer walks. And you're built up by the spirit of prophecy, the prophetic word in your heart and mind until you're in the same dimension as Jesus continuously. How much prophecy does it take to get you there? A lot. You have to feast every day. I mean, I've been feasting on the prophetic word every day for 20 years to be where I am right now. A continuous feast every day. I mean, you have to understand the first five, six years of Red Letter Ministries, I'd spend eight hours a day eating prophetic words, eating sermons, eating the Bible, praying in tongues. We're talking about over 50,000 hours of spiritual feasting on the prophetic word and the spirit of prophecy to get to this place today. A, a drunkard and a glutton. You have to be a feaster in order to rise because the marriage supper of the Lamb is people that have got hungry and started eating prophecy. There's no, there's no law against spiritual feasting. There's no rules against being a spiritual drunkard and glutton. I mean, Jesus is the biggest drunkard and glutton of all time on eating his Father. And he was so fed that he said to his disciples, eat my flesh and drink my blood. No one's trying to bite his hand. He's saying there is so much of the Father oozing out of my spirit that if you even just come around me, you get an impartation of God. And that's how overfed Christians are. They're so filled with, with the Father's Word, with the Father's love, with the Father's Spirit, that it oozes out their flesh. They're living epistles. They're the Word made flesh. They're the sons and daughters of the living God. 
that walk on sapphire pavement, that are fully built up in their hearts and renewed in their minds to live in the heavenly realm while their bodies are still on earth. It's true. There are degrees in the Spirit. There are elevations in the Spirit. We go from one degree of glory to a greater degree of glory by receiving more and more of His Word and believing and walking on the fiery coals of His Word inside His Spirit. Amen. We go from glory to glory by hearing and obeying the living Word. Yet the Bible mixed with the Spirit. Or the prophetic Word and the prophetic commandment coming from the hundreds of prophets here that are trained perfectly by the spirit of prophecy on earth. If you believe the prophets, you get a prophet's reward. If you come against the prophets, you're coming against God and you are certainly going to hell. Certainly. Because the prophets represent the Father in His full nature together. It's true. Anyone that doubts and attacks the prophets goes to hell. Jesus Christ said that in the red letters. You murdered Zechariah before the altar. How will you not escape certainly going to hell? Book of Matthew. So the religious spirit is what works the Antichrist through the unrenewed carnal mind and attacks God's living word nature, His prophetic nature. God is a prophet. Amen? Jesus is a prophet. Jesus is an eagle. There's an eagle proclaiming the eternal gospel in the book of Revelation. That eagle's name is the Lord Jesus Christ. The great white eagle. He's the perfect word of the Father in the highest dimension of His love. It's not just being, because we deal with mean prophets, and I've been a mean prophet most of my prophetic career. It's true. But I'm growing into the love dimension now, and now I'm really starting to be a love prophet and a greater prophet in the, the perfect white marital fire of God the Father. And that's when everything shifts. That's when everyone shakes. That's when the world is without excuse, is when the prophets mature into the white bridal fire of the Father's love. Because we have so much revelation and we can see everything wrong with everyone all the time, because that's just the prophetic gifting. You have visual, you have vision, you have discernment, you can see their hearts, you can read their mail, you know everything that's going on with them, and they can't hide from your, your eagle eyes. But then can you take your eagle eyes higher, and you, even though you can see everything that's wrong with everyone, can you love them perfectly, because that's how God the Father is. Can you still give them mercy, even though they deserve to be stoned to death? Can you give them love even though they constantly misunderstand your words and call you a cult leader and a false prophet? Can you still pour out your heart on a people that hate your guts? That's what you're tested in, in growing from brown prophet to white prophet. Amen. A brown eagle to a white eagle. A gold eagle to a white eagle. The hundredfold glory realm only has white eagles in it which is the perfect expression of the Word of God, represented in Song of Solomon as apples. Feeding people's mouths and feeding their souls the apples of the tree of love. Apples represent prophetically the love of God. And it's the Word of the Father's love. That's white eagle activity. Holding people and feeding them apples under the apple tree in the third heaven garden of Eden. Because you're built up to live in that realm, and you're so full of the Father's love through so much experience and all the wisdom of the ages is formed in you. And then now you can feed people's souls right into their mouth the love of the Father. Apple after apple until they're completely healed of the world by receiving white eagle ministry, which is 
the apples of the apple tree. Feeding people apples. Feeding people love. And it's the word that's completely filled with the Father's love. And there's nothing stronger than the Father's love. People that reject the words of His love reject heaven. They reject pleasure. They reject intox. I mean, they reject goodness. They re- but you'll, you'll be surprised. The pimps, the hoes, the gangsters, the hedonists, <laughs> the ones that we condemn as bad people will eat it up en masse, just like His first coming. His disciples were the rebels. But the ones that hate this realm the most are the self-righteous hypocrites that are good in their own brain and don't need to eat the apple because what do I, I'm already good. I'm loving you out of my own effort, and I don't need the Father. Their Father is Satan. That's what you deal with. These self-righteous people that reject the apple tree, that reject God the Father's love, that reject the word of love, that reject the golden apples and settings of silver, that reject the development of their spirit, which is the setting of silver, that reject eating the golden apples and growing spiritually because they're only good in their brains. They are the servants and the sons and daughters of Satan and not God the Father. And how do you melt these satanic people? You keep feeding them apples. And those that live in the apple orchards of Eden, those who have learned to love and live in this love realm, will begin to serve everyone. And people will reject it. But that doesn't mean you reject them. God gives everyone a chance while there's still breath. You just keep loving them and you'll be hurt hundreds and thousands of times. You'll be continuously mistreated because people have so many wounds in them. They're like cut up animals, like ran over dogs in streets. And they'll bite at you, they'll hiss at you, they'll bark at you, they'll lie to you, they'll blaspheme everything you're doing in perfect love to you every day. And you keep giving them apples. You keep feeding their souls. And they'll melt. They won't all melt, but it's the hope of saving some. That's how you grow in the divine love, in the marriage carriage. Our intimacy with the Father overflows so strongly that you can feed all the hurting and the dying in the world His love apples. Even if they constantly reject you, you go back into intimacy with your brothers and sisters in the marriage carriage and you recharge. And you get healed from all the wounds of the blasphemy of dealing with the beast nature of the seven-headed beasts and all their carnal minds of self-righteousness and pride and Cain and the witchcraft of Jezebel. And they'll slice you, they'll dice you, they'll mock you, they'll blaspheme all the most sacred holy things of God, but you just keep giving them apples. That's the mountain of suffering love. (laughs) That's the suffering of the Messiah. Loving every soul perfectly with the Father's hundredfold glory realm of love, the Garden of Eden. And then they're like, nope, I won't eat that apple. And they're still eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and dying and going to hell. That's why Jesus wept. Oh, that's why prophets travail and weep. That's why we lament. That's why it's just such a suffering job is because you have all the Father formed in you and people reject receiving that love. They reject revelation of divine love. They reject eating from the tree of life. The apples are the love of the tree of life. Yeah, it's an olive tree and there's olive oil there too, but it's also the fruits of the Holy Spirit and the spices of love, the spices of the mountains. It's everything the Father is that enriches your spirit to build you up in divine love. And it's very, very complicated. It's called the wisdom of the ages. It's the multifaceted, complicated wisdom of God. That's what it's called in the Bible. 
And it is complicated. That's why it's strong meat for the mature. You put this A5 Wagyu steak in a child's mouth, it will literally kill them. They'll start choking and dying. So you have to use wisdom. You can't give strong meat to infants. <clears throat> you can puree it. You can meditate on it. We're trying to be as gentle as we can about all the mature things of God. But this is strong meat. This is the wisdom of the ages that will mature you to the place where you'll be so built up in divine love that you only walk on sapphire pavement. And you'll learn how to love perfectly from that realm. And you know how to give what people need, what they can receive. You can't just give the grade A5 Wagyu to everyone. You can't give the marriage, carriage, perfect love to everyone. They'll just mock it, make fun of it. They'll blaspheme the most sacred pearls of God. Don't throw your pearls before swine. Guard those things. All that holiness. People don't have as much revelation. Prophets have so much revelation that if, uh, if you're ministering that kind of high-level revelation to people, they're going to make fun of you. They're going to think you're crazy. So you have to use wisdom on what they're able to eat out of your treasure house. It's important. And then you give them what they're able to receive and bear the fruit, and they'll grow up into those realms where you live in. But you can't just be forcing A5 steak down people's throats because you'll kill all the infants in Christ. You have to give them milk, maybe mix a little myrrh in there and frankincense, and you have to be gentle, and you have to be perfect, and you have to be the father, and you have to be the mother. Amen. The bride is the mother. Glory to God. And the friend of the bridegroom is the Father. It's true. Until the Father be fully formed in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And it's all about ministering that nature of the Father's love into everyone at the, at the pace and ability they're able to receive. Now some people just be awesome and they're so easy. Other people are trouble. They're, it's, it's problems. They're fruit testers. They'll continuously irritate you. Listen, those are the people you really need in your life. They're like, you know, instead of refreshment, it's like Drano down your throat constantly. Like, why did you give me the most irritating spouse on planet Earth? Well, it's good for you. Maybe you'll learn how to love and take all that revelation and grow into the glory realm of love and then turn them into what they were created to be in Christ instead of trying to force your will on everyone by your prophetic power. Amen? And it's good. It's good. Everything the Father does in us stretches us to be more like Him, to be more compassionate, more understanding, more merciful, more loving. And that's the realm we need to enter into. That's when people will start to see us and take notice. Like, these are the most wonderful people on the planet. They walk with the Father perfectly, and they're glowing. It's not just being good. It's being the Father. It's knowing the Father intimately on the inside and having all of His glory, all of His prophetic word burning through us because it's about obedience too. It's not just about hearing the word, it's about doing the word. Everything the Father asks you to do on the inside, you do it, even if it doesn't make sense. If He tells you to do three push-ups, don't do five. It's rebellion. You'll grieve His Spirit. And it's not, it is. It's about being accurate. It's about being perfect. It's about being submissive. It's about being a good son and good daughter with no rebellion. Because he, he wants to entrust His power and His kingdom to you, but He can only do it if you're faithful to His word, loyal to His commandments, to every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen. So we're passing our test by obeying His every word, and especially by administrating mercy and love 
and people that are horrible, people that are blasphemous. That's the biggest test I deal with. People that are completely full of Jezebel, full of Cain, can you still love these wicked people, these self-righteous, prideful people? Yes, I can. I can pour your mercy on them. I can cover them. I don't care how pharisaical anyone is anymore. I used to. It used to bother me. Not anymore. Not growing up into the love. I could cover every person on earth, even if they sinned against me every day the rest of my life. I could still cover them with love. That's how the Father is in us. When the Father be fully formed in us, you love unconditionally. You become a canopy and a dome of perfect love. That's the apostolic covering that we bring from this marriage carriage. It's the kingdom's marriage carriage. It's not just red letter ministries marriage carriage. It's everyone that's saved, for we are one. John 17, Father, I pray they may be one, even as we are one. All this organization stuff that you see in Babylonian ministry, it's all going to burn. It's going to boil down to who are you in Christ? What is your rank? What's your level of power and authority? Who are you in the kingdom? And then the authority of the Father in that power, in that destiny scroll manifesting out of your hearts and through your souls and through your faces into the natural realm. There'll be lords, there'll be kings, there'll be queens, there'll be eunuchs, there'll be concubines. It's a kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. There'll be servants beyond numbering as it is written. This kingdom is not religious, it's not churchy at all. It's the biggest stumbling block to the charismatic church you've ever seen in your whole life. Because the kingdom's coming, and we're inheriting the kingdom this season by this marriage carriage, by intimacy with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and intimacy with brothers and sisters in the unity of the love glory. Amen. <laughs> and we're going to manifest the fullness of the kingdom. And you are kings and queens of the glory realm. And some of you are lords, some of you are eunuchs, and some of you are concubines, some of you are, are minstrels, and all the stuff of Solomon's kingdom will be manifest in Christ's kingdom as it's written. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord and His Christ. And that's what's coming forth now, out of our bellies, manifesting the kingdom of heaven by the Spirit of glory that burns up all the wood, hay, and stubble of demonic building out of the soul realm and, and uses it like the Canaanites for the holy people that inherit the land. We're inheriting the land this season. We're taking over all flesh this season. Revelation says, Now let your spirit devour all the flesh of kings and generals, horse and riders, rich and poor, and the flesh of all humanity be devoured by your spirit. As the Father is fully formed in your spirit, the Father in you will devour everyone's flesh with the fire of love, with throne room seraphim and cherubim, power and authority, dominion and might, and living creatures and angels beyond number, all the archangels, all the warring angels, all the 60 champions around our marriage carriage, which is all the warring angels of Mount Zion, city of innumerable angels, is around this marriage carriage in this ministry. And it's going to expand, and it's going to consume all souls until Song of Songs chapter 8 says, they become the prisoners of love. They've been the prisoners of lust, but now they'll be the prisoners of love. They've been the prisoners of religion and demons. Now they're going to be the prisoners of divine love. They're going to be prisoners of the new wine. They're going to be the prisoners of the oil of joy and the oil of gladness. They're going to be the prisoners of the sapphire sea, the prisoners of the glory. And all the nations will rejoice. 
Amen. And there shall be never-ending revival because of this marriage carriage in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Partner with Red Letter Ministries and magnify this message. You can donate at redlettermin.com and be blessed. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Amen.